0: Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR.
1: It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. A heads up about this next segment, there is some talk about suicide. Nothing graphic, just an acknowledgement of it. Anyway time now for the song that changed my life. A chance for some of our favorite artists to talk about the music that made them who they are. On deck, Amy Mann. Amy is a singer-songwriter whose career dates back to the 80s, when she sang in the New Wave Band Till Tuesday. but you probably know Amy for her solo career. She earned an Academy Award nomination for her work on Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia. She's earned two Grammy Awards, including one for Best Folk Album, for her 2018 record, Mental Illness.
0: They served you champagne like a hero. When you landed, someone carried your back. From here on out, your patience zero. Smelling ether as they hand you the rack.
1: In fact, NPR's Robin Hilton called her the eighth greatest living songwriter. Amy has recently followed up mental illness with a very different record, Queens of the Summer Hotel. The songs on the record started when Amy was working on a stage version of the book Girl Interrupted. The stage show hasn't happened, but the record is out. It's delicate and beautiful.
0: Hoping the pain covers the dread, keeps the secrets in.
1: When we asked Amy about the song that changed her life, she took us back to 1972, the first time she ever listened, really listened, to the lyrics in a pop song. I'll let Amy take it from here.
2: Hi, this is Amy Mann, and this is a song that changed my life. To the first time I heard Alone Again Naturally by Gilbert O'Sullivan, I was probably 12 years old. Um, I'm sure I heard it on the radio because, you know, I didn't really... Every now and then, you know, maybe my brother would bring in a Beatles record or, you know, Sgt. Pepper. You know, that kind of stuff was... Super, super exciting. love
3: that
2: Remember going over to a friend's house and they had the soundtrack to Jesus Christ Superstar. That was super exciting, really loved that. So, you know, it's just like these bits and pieces here and there that would come into my life. And you know on the radio, I remember Badfinger was a big favorite. Really loved that. But, you know, just in general, kind of listening to, there was like a, it like a certain kind of 70s pop songwriting, and um, and I did like that, even though a lot of it was disposable. What do we do? What do we do? Gilbert O'Sullivan was um, a pop singer, songwriter, probably of the early 70s, maybe possibly late 60s. He had a couple of albums that did really, really well and uh, a handful of hits. And I think he's still, you know, he's still writing songs. He's still out there doing it, you know. But this was the one that really propelled him into, you know, into the top 40. There was a couple of things that I really liked about this song. I thought, you know, his, his vocal was really sort of odd. It was a really you know, ostensibly kind of bouncy, cheerful song, but then there would be moments where it got kind of melancholy. And the aspect that really kind of turned a, cer- a certain kind of world on its axis for me. I was with a friend of mine and, you know, another 12-year-old or 11-year-old, however however old we were, and we were listening to the song and I was saying how much I liked the song and, and she said, well, you know what this song is about, don't you? And I said, no, not really. I mean, you know, sort of a general idea. <laughs> this guy was, kept finding himself alone. And she said, it's about suicide. Because in the first verse, he talks about going to a tower and wanting to throw himself off the tower.
3: When a little while from now If I'm not feeling any less sound I promise myself to treat myself And visit a nearby town Climbing to the top would throw myself off In an effort to make clear to Ever what it's like when you're shattered left
2: So I really started paying attention to the lyrics after that. And, and it kind of was the first time that I really listened closely to, to what lyrics were in a song. Before that, you know, lyrics would just... Kind of wash over me and maybe like a phrase or two would stand out but once I had this pointed out to me I started really listening to lyrics and that really made a big difference because it felt like that you could have almost a secret message but that was hiding in plain sight you know this this idea this like very sad story about a guy who was like jilted at the altar and then Contemplating Suicide, and then the subsequent verses, he talks about the death of his parents. You know, so it's like a lot of very heavy stuff, but, but musically, you know, it's the very bouncy kind of uh, production, you know, like a really typical production of the, of the era. It was very, you know, kind of mild pop music. But I thought it was, like, really fascinating that you could have this, you know, actual text in there, that was so dark and you know if people weren't really paying attention they wouldn't get it but for people who were paying attention it it really I don't know it's like this special secret way that you could connect with an artist. I love how this song is in no hurry. You know, it just go, goes around the the entire verse with this little uh nine string guitar solo. Plays the whole thing, and he's but he's still got another verse. Alone again,
3: looking back over the years, whatever else
2: Yeah, he talks about his father dying and his mother being heartbroken. Also, these beautiful woodwinds, this beautiful arrangement. Okay, hey, now his mother dies. Like, it's, it's kind of insane. There's like this barrage of terrible things happening to this guy.
3: Alone again,
2: he's alone, naturally. One of the things I like about it, it's like this litany of terrible things, but he's he's saying it in this really detached kind of voice. And... There's something that's very appealing to me. Like, to me, that is more heartbreaking than if somebody's really, you know, really selling it, having this very dramatic vocal, because then that's more like telling you how to feel, where he tells you the story and then the music sets up this mood and tone. And, you know, you're sort of allowed to have your own feelings about it. And his vocal is very removed. You know, he's not, like, really selling the idea that he's heartbroken. He's telling the story. I mean, honestly, it's almost easy listening. And yet, he's talking about, like, doubting the existence of God, talking about the death of his mother, like, how brokenhearted she was when his father died, like... You know, and how he wants to kill himself because his girlfriend jilted him like it's like a crazy amount of really angsty information. I think another thing that's interesting about this song is that it's kind of like a real barrage of words. Like he You know, they just keep coming at you. So you really do have to kind of slow down and pay attention um, to really hear what's going on. There's an aspect to the ostensibly jaunty or cheerful piece of music that then starts to subtly turn melancholy, but with a more, uh, like a much heavier lyric on top. That juxtaposition. I think that I, from that moment on, like found really fascinating, and, and I like to do that. Um, I like to have contrast between the music and the lyric, and sometimes, you know, it's sometimes the other way. like the music could be more melancholy, and the lyric could be a little funnier, but you know, it takes on kind of a gallows humor flavor because of the music that's under it. You know, those two things work together. In a way that makes them both bigger, greater than the sum of their parts. Uh, there's a, a magic and an al- alchemy to that that is really interesting to me. I think most people in general still listen to music and just like let the lyrics wash over them. They don't really pay attention. So that really impressed itself on me later as a writer the idea that that you could have lyrics that were very meaningful and maybe very even specific but because of the nature of how most people would listen it would pass over most people but the people who paid attention they would get it and those are the people that you want to get it the ones that really you know that want to know what's going on
1: Amy Mann, on the song that changed her life, Alone Again, Naturally, by Gilbert O'Sullivan. Amy's newest album is called Queens of the Summer Hotel. You can stream it pretty much anywhere or buy it at your local record store. Thanks to Amy for recording herself and for sharing that story. Amy is a really special performer. We're always grateful to have her here. Her only fault as a human being is her opposition to the song Come On Eileen. She's very wrong about that. Anyway, let's go out on one more song from her new album. This one's called Burn It Out.
0: Can you just burn
1: That's the end of another episode of Bullseye. Bullseye is created from the homes of me and the staff of Maximum Fun in and around greater Los Angeles, California, where this week I took a walk over to the Lummis home, the home of Charles Lummis, one of the most important early Angelinos. He popularized Southwestern aesthetics, one of the first aesthetic movements truly native to the United States. Fascinating guy, Charles Lummis. You should Go visit his house if you're in Northeast Los Angeles sometime. The show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our senior producer is Kevin Ferguson. Our producer, Jesus Ambrosio. Production fellows at Maximum Fun are Richard Roby and Valerie Moffat. We also get some help from Casey O'Brien. Our interstitial music is by Dan Wally, also known as DJW. Thanks to him for loaning us his Serato controllers. We needed to borrow someone's Serato controllers. He was nice enough to lend us his. Our theme song is called Huddle Formation, recorded by the group The Go Team. Thanks to them and to their label Memphis Industries for sharing it. You can also keep up with the show on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We post all our interviews there. And I think that's about it. Just remember, all great radio hosts have a signature sign off.
0: Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR.
2: the theater the lights go down you're about to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas you look at them and think that person is so obviously in love with their best friend wait am i in love with my best friend that character's mom is so overbearing why doesn't she stand up to her oh good god do i need to stand up to my own mother we never know when we'll see ourselves in a movie but that search for recognition is exactly what we're going to talk about on the podcast feeling seen with me jordan cruciola Each episode, we'll bring in a guest to talk about the films that they see themselves in and also the ways that movies have fallen short. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling Scene podcast here on Maximum Fun or wherever you find your podcasts.